0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Renovate Life Church of God in MacArthur, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. Time that we live. Now, I'm not as sweet and kind as Brother Dan was this morning. I'll just prepare you ahead of time. I told Brother Jan, I said, now you just pray for me that I don't say nothing mean. He said, you never say anything mean. Well, I don't never get to preach either. <laughs> yes. The Amplified Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For indeed we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. Now the King James Version says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So many times I've thought to myself, people say, yes, yes, preach, amen, that's right. But they go out of here The same way that they came in. And I'm hoping tonight that you're understanding where we are. And I'm not even going to preach in times if the Lord will help me not to. (laughs) See, that's my problem. I get off on rabbit trails because I'm telling you, church, Jesus is coming. He's coming just as sure as I'm standing in this pulpit. I'm an old lady and I've been saying it for 35 or 40 years, Lisa. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. A dear friend of mine said to me, oh, yeah, I've heard that my whole lot. Now, we're talking about a church man born again, or so he said. I hope he was, because shortly after this, he passed away. And I thought, Lord, please let him enter in. He he just was ignorant and didn't understand. He said, Sister Lynn, my family's been in church my whole life, and they've been saying that my whole life. Well, guess what? They've been saying it my whole life too. The Bible says that shortly after Jesus ascended, they began to preach his coming. I'm going to try to reel it in now because I want you to learn some things. I don't want to be like your pastor running around screaming like a maniac. But you wonder where he got that. It wasn't his dad, I can tell you that for sure. Now let me start by telling you that in Romans 12, verse 1, says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now what he's saying is when you come to know the Lord, it's reasonable that if he saves you, it's reasonable that you give him your service. You give him your all. Be not conformed to the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might prove, we're proving now, what is that good and acceptable will of the Lord. Now, you're going to think, why did she start out with that? Let me, let me, I made a couple notes here. When you're born again, you are God's child. And whatever his word says, and whatever he wants you to do, just like your child, you discipline him. I may not even need this microphone. Am I screaming into your soul? I don't mean to do that. You're his child, and he disciplines you just like your mother or your father. Now, I know you don't believe this, but I was a little bit like Wyatt. Your pastor was too. And I got a lot of whippings. And you see, the old people used to say, boy, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. The Lord really whipped me. Do you remember that, Mark? We don't talk like that no more. Because our God's good. Our God is loving. Our God is kind. But I'm telling you, He is loving and He is kind and He is full of mercy. But when He comes, He's going to judge us. By his word, by the book of remembrance, by the book of life. And it's up to us because he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That wasn't even in my notes, Lord. You got to help me to stay on track. Here's the deal. I'm going to talk about Esau and Jacob because your pastor did. And he's probably sitting at home watching right now thinking, I am going to kill her. Alan Bond, who was a great theologian, said, The bigger I grow in God, the smaller I become. John the Baptist said that I may decrease so that he can increase. But you see, we really don't want him to increase today. Now listen, I'm going to be a little bit mean to you right here. We come to God's house and we leave the same way we came. The people that was up here this morning, I'm not being mean are usually the same people that come to pray week after week after week. Sometimes we don't even get that many. Do you know when I was a kid and they gave an altar call practically, every person in the church came. Craziest thing you ever seen. And we did not think that each other was backslidden. We'd cry and pray for ourselves and then we'd get up and go over over and cry and pray for somebody else. I'm telling you, if we want the power of God in our church like we say we do, we're going to have to begin to move when the pastor gives an call, altar call. You know what? I thought it was awesome that Kelsey come up here to worship. Several years ago, everybody would come to the front and worship. Do you remember that? What's wrong with us, church? We're afraid somebody's going to see us. Now listen, I'm going to get mean, and I'm going to ask you, are you Jacob? Or are you Esau? Now listen, by the time I get to the end of this, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. We can say, oh, Jacob. Listen, the Lord wore Jacob out every day. He was a liar. Flat out, he was a deceiver, Mark. Now listen, that meant he'd look his mother right in the eye and tell a barefaced lie. And she'd have to take his word for it. But I can promise you this, as his mother... I had one of them as a teenager because they knew that he knew I was going to whip his butt. I didn't care that he was six foot three or four or whatever he is. I was going to whip his butt. So he'd lie. But the Lord takes, he picks out and chooses people that he can change and get the glory for. That's why he changes us. He wants us to bring glory to Him and to His name. And He wants us to be a testimony of the change and the goodness and the greatness of God. The Lord disciplines those who He loves. And He punishes each one that He accepts as a child. As you endure the divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as His own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by their father? Now, I'm reading this out of Scripture, NLT, if you're wondering. If God doesn't discipline you as He does, as He does all of His children, it means that you're an illegitimate child. Now, listen, I'm going to throw you right in shock because if you read the King James Version, it says you're a bastard. You don't belong to Him. Now, listen, we can either endure the hand of God's discipline And sometimes it's hard. I got news for you. Let me get on down here a little bit. In this case, the discipline is hardship of spiritual conditioning that comes in the form of testing, suffering, trials, and afflictions. I've said this several times in the past month. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. And listen, on top of that, he gives a blessing. Who wouldn't want to be disciplined? I've been whipped many times, Rhonda, for saying and doing things. How, that's how we learn. My mother used to beat my butt right off of me. I know that's hard to believe. What does God's discipline mean? God uses discipline to weed out that which is earthly in us. Our pride, fears, idolatry, and presumptions in order that we might confess sin and repent of it and share in his holiness. God in Christ is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now think about that. 1 John 2 and 6 says, The one who says he abides in Christ ought himself to walk in the same manner that Christ walked. My question to you is this, Tonight, I started to say this morning, are you Jacob? And I'm going to ask you this several times. Are you Jacob or are you Esau? Now, I began to seek the Lord about Esau because I've heard people preach about Jacob. And I never really heard anybody preach about Esau. And I I began to seek the Lord because the Bible says, Jacob I loved. But Esau, I hated. How can how can the great God of the universe that loves everybody hate Esau? The Bible, many people preach predestination. They were chosen in their mother's womb. The Bible says they were chosen in their mother's womb. That the, the younger would serve the or the older would serve the younger. But I'm telling you, there was something that God saw in Esau as a baby in his mother's womb. His heart was not turned toward God. Do you think his heart was turned toward God when he ate soup because of his birthright? Now come on, it was just a bowl of soup. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that falls under the name or whatever you want to call it of Esau because they'd rather have many, many things. Look around you folks. Look around. When I was a kid, and I know I keep saying that, but I'm old. When I was a kid... Whoever came on Sunday morning came on Sunday night, no matter what. We, we even have leaders that are not here tonight. Now, listen, I know I'm being mean, but you know what? My pastor, I remember when I was just a kid, maybe 14 or 15. He would set people down and that'd be it. Now, listen, I know some people work and I know that they can't be here. But what I'm telling you Is God is looking for a faithful people that will serve him no matter what. And that they will come when the doors are open and try to support. You're you're, You're a body. If they cut my hand off, my right hand especially, I don't even know how I'd work. Some of you are fingers. Some of you are toes. And listen, this is not even in the scripture or on my, it's not in my notes. But I feel the Lord want me to tell you this. You're a part of the body and when you're not here, I I don't know about you, I feel it. And I look around and I think, well, we're so and so or we're so and so. It's because the foot's gone or the toe's gone or the hand's gone. Let me get let me reel it in here. Help me, Lord. What does God's discipline mean? God uses discipline to weed out that which is earthly within us. I already told you that. God may be disciplined me to conform me to his image. Do you know that God works on us because he wants us to be holy? It's not about prosperity. It's not about our good health. Because, listen, he can take care of us no matter what, no matter how sick we are. You can go to heaven without your arm. You can go to heaven with cancer. You can go to heaven blind. But you cannot go to heaven without being born again and changed by the renewing of your mind. God may be disciplining me to conform me to his image. It is better to take refuge. Now listen, this is in Psalms 118. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes, trust in the government. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely. Now, we're talking about David here. He was an idiot at times. He looked down on a roof and saw a naked woman. Now, if he'd have had any sense at all, men, he would have ran it. Yeah. He would have ran in and hid from her. But he looked. And he looked again. And he looked a little bit too long. Because before you know it, it got down in his spirit. It got down in his soul. Listen, and he failed God. But God in his great mercy allowed him to repent. I'm telling you, we serve a good God. I shall. Uh, okay, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. And thank the Lord he didn't. Thank God he didn't. Old people used to say, boy, the Lord whipped me. We don't hear them things anymore. We don't hear people say that stuff anymore. We don't hear people say, I want to be faithful to the Lord no matter what. You know, I can tell you there's times I want to choke Jim Bob. And I can guarantee you there are times, Kelsey, when he wants to choke me. We've been in his office before and probably all you guys could hear is. But I can tell you this, we've been giving each other because we serve a God that loves us anyway. Thank the Lord. So I don't, want to, I don't want you to take any of this in a negative way, but what I'm telling you is we've got to be faithful to God. And Esau was not a very faithful man. Now I got news for you, and when we get to the end here, you'll understand. God the Father disciplines. Romans 9:13. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, now this is where people get predestination, stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. See, I've already got ahead of myself. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Holiness comes from God. Pharaoh, I'm not going to go into it many times. He, 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 He stopped what he was doing. Then he did it. He was chasing the children of Israel. But the Lord had another plan for Pharaoh and he did not care what he did. He didn't care how he acted because he would repent. And he'd say, okay, I'll let him go. Well, no, I'm not. Okay, I'll let him go. Well, no, I'm not. Because Pharaoh didn't want the heartache that was coming. And I got news for you. You all don't see it. But there's times that people do things in your life and you may not see it. But the Lord will discipline them. There's been a few times in my life I've been able to see it, Lynn. But I can promise you this. Somebody can be mean to you. They can talk about you. They can lie on you. But they answer to the Lord. And one day I can promise you they're going to get theirs. Okay, I'm reeling it in again. Now, wait a minute. The goal of God in your life is not prosperity. It is not health. It's not wealth. And it's certainly not your best life now. Now listen, I can be mean about some of them TV preachers, and he's one of them. Those people, like, there may be some that are born again, and we're not supposed to judge. But you can't tell me that a stadium of 30,000 people that attend church every Sunday morning once a week are truly born again. Now they may be some... But very few, I can tell you. They're coming to hear a feel-good message. And Jesus is a feel-good God, but not always. Sometimes he disciplines us. And here's the thing. People say, well, I've never heard that preached before. I don't care. If the word says it, God means it. It's not something that we can choose. It's not, oh, well, we can take it or leave it. No, I'm going to say again, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Amen. And the commandments are more than ten. There is something. Now listen, I may, I don't know what I'm going to say here, Lord, help me. There is something in the born again believer's life that says inside of them, don't do that, don't act like that, especially after you get the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm telling you that because we, many times, don't want to listen to that voice. Right. Because we want to do what we want to do. So it wouldn't matter if somebody preached against it or not. Listen, when I was a kid, they preached against cutting your hair. When I was a kid, they preached against wearing makeup. Now now that I'm older, I realize that it was probably because they weren't smart enough to preach about anything else. I'm just saying. Listen, there's a depth to the Word of God that's deeper than the hair on my head. There's a depth to the Word of God that's greater than if my show my knees or are you understanding what I'm saying? He's He's great. He's beyond anything we can imagine. And if we'll seek Him, He will input holiness to us. He'll He inputs holiness. God's goal is to make you holy and conform you to his image. Now, I got news for you. There's been times that I thought I was conformed to his image. But through prayer and fasting and reading the word, I've realized, oh, wait, maybe I'm not. You see, we don't want to be clean anymore. We don't want to give our all anymore because it's going to require something. If we give our all, it's going to require something. And we don't necessarily want to do that. You know, I'm a worshiper. I know y'all can't believe that. I am a worshiper. I don't care. One time, let me tell you a good story. One time, I went to church at an Episcopalian church, if you can imagine, with my son-in-law went before he got saved and really knew the Lord. He'll crack up if he's watching. Because, you know, as far as I was concerned, unless you're born again in a Pentecostal church, I didn't know if you're saved. Now, I'm just being funny because I'm sure there are good Catholic nuns or whoever that's went on to be with the Lord because they were good. I love Mother Teresa. I love her. So don't think that I'm being mean about any other. I believe there's people that are saved in every denomination they're born again. They serve the Lord. They're faithful to go to church. Faithful to pay their tithes. You understand what I mean? So we go to the uh, Presbyterian church, and they're having a some kind of candlelight din- uh, dinner, <laughs> some kind of candlelight service for Christmas. And he was going to be coming out as an altar boy, and so we wanted to go watch him. Well, this woman got to singing. I'll just tell you, and I can't even tell you the song that she was singing. But I could feel the Lord. Now, there's only about 25 of us in there, so I couldn't carry on too bad or they would have really been staring. But I lifted my hands and I began to cry because I could feel the Lord. When you know Jesus, and I mean really know him, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can worship with the Baptist, You can worship with the Nazarene. You can worship with anybody because it's all the same God. Does that make sense? So needless to say, he was embarrassed because those 25 people that were in there were turning around looking at that weirdo in the back with her hands raised crying like a fool. But I'm telling you, we need to worship him more. I don't care how much you worship him, how many times you say hallelujah. I don't care how many times you raise your hands. I do not care. It needs to be done more. There's times that I cry and just go through the house with my hands up. I've almost wrecked my car before, Lisa. Just worshiping the Lord going down the highway. Now imagine people looking over at me and my hand in the air, eyes shut, trying to drive, them trying to drive. I'm telling you, they think that woman is a freak. And I am. Micah, 3 and 4. Now listen, this is... This is people that are not turned to serving the Lord. There's more to serving... When Jim passed away, I stunned. But then when I had cancer, I stunned even more. But even though those things were bad, the Lord was working something in me. Am I making sense? Those hard times that we can't seem to, our humanity can't cope with sometimes. I mean, I remember going into the funeral home and laying down by the casket and crying, shutting the door so nobody could see me you see what I'm saying? Because our our humanity sometimes can't cope with what's going on in our life, the situation. But I can promise you this. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he's going to be there for you through thick and thin. I can promise you if you're faithful to him, he's going to be faithful to you. Okay, Lord help me. You've got to help me, Lord. Micah 3 and 4. Then they will cry unto the Lord, but he will not answer them. He will hide his face from them that at that time, because their deeds were evil. We live in a time where people come to church and they pretend. But I got news for you. The God of heaven sees and knows it all. It doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what they've done. He sees all and he knows all. How might God use this as a testimony to other people? Mature Christians are both holy and powerful. When you allow yourself to mature in the Lord and you hang in there no matter what's going on, I can guarantee you there is power in your life. There is something about you that people are aware. You don't even have to say, I'm a Christian. I used to, we used to go to church with these people, and this woman brought her sister to church a few times. Well, then I went to the grocery store and realized her sister was a cashier. But every time I went in there, she'd run to the back room and hide. I thought, what in the world? And so I said to, to the lady at church, I don't want to call her name because some of you may know her. I said, every time I go to the grocery store and see your sister, I try to go down her aisle to check out because I want to talk to her and be friendly, you know. I actually want to tell her about the Lord. She didn't want to hear it. That wasn't what it was. She said, my, ses- my sister is afraid of you. And I said, what? She said, yeah, yeah. She said that every time you come in the store that she can feel the glory of God. And I'm like, me? And she said, yes, yes. Do you know that you affect people like that when you're walking where you should with the Lord? You affect people like that. I don't know why things work out the way that they do, but I know this. We serve a God that is the God of the universe, and no matter how hard that it may seem, he's always faithful. He's always faithful. God's discipline proves his love. Oh, wait a minute. No, let me back up. How might God use this as a testimony to other people? But when the children of God trust that his discipline is loving and for our good, you know, some people don't want discipline, no, no matter by anybody. You know, they, come, they, don't, they don't really care what your pastor says. Look around. Let me say that again. Look around. I'm telling you, church. I know we're in the last days, but I'm tired hearing that. We need revival. People say, well, Sister Lynn, you're not going to get revival. Listen, if a bunch of college kids can have revival, we can too. I'm telling you. We can have revival, church. Okay. But when the children of God trust that his discipline is loving and for our good, we will respond in trust, peace, and with a deeper hunger, to know God through his word. We become living, breathing proof that our eyes are fixed on another world and eternity with Christ forever. Is your eyes fixed on another world? Dan said it this morning, this world is not my home. We're just passing through. Now I don't know where I was when before I was born, but I know where I'm going after I die. And I am looking forward to it, Dave Mitchell. I look forward to it every day. You know, when Jimmy Swaggert sinned, let me say it this way, that had probably been going on a long time before he was ever caught. He's never been the same since then. His anointing has never been the same since then. But when he stood in public, And cried and said, against you only, only you, Lord, have I sinned. I'm going to tell you it touched me. Because people don't have that backbone anymore. I got news for you. They don't want anybody to know anything that's going on in their lives. But we talk about each other. We backbite. Now, I'm going to tell you, our church is not bad about that. I've never been in a church where people literally loved each other. I'm not kidding you. Sincerely. But normally, people backbite, people lie, people connive, people can manipulate, even in church, because maybe they want a better job, or maybe they, you know, want to. Maybe they want Sister Lisa's job, so they're going to talk about her and manipulate. Do you understand what I'm saying? But don't you do not think for a minute that God don't know what's going on. Every fib you tell. Listen, I can promise you this: He knows every time you manipulate, every time you talk about somebody. And and sooner or later, he's going to discipline you for those things. Sooner or later, he's going to discipline you for not listening to your pastor. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is a part, because we're human. We need the discipline of the Lord. Listen, it's difficult for me to talk about. I I just want you to know that I'm human as you. Hebrews 4 and 2, and this doesn't really even have anything to do with the message, but I'll tell you what's going on in the.